Hello and welcome to Glitchcube, we're a gaming podcast, and each week we take a deeper look into the art of video games. As always, I'm Christian. And I'm Chris. And welcome back, you guys. Thank you for joining us. And it is the end of the year, which means we are going to be picking our games for 2021. Which ones really stood out to us? Like, there's obviously the Game Awards, right? And there's a lot of big AAA games out there that are going to be winning all these things. But there are so many games out there, and 2021 definitely delivered on the amount of games and amount of amazing content that came out this year. And the indie market really exploded and gave us some amazing, amazing stuff. So we decided to gather a bunch of games that meant a lot to us this year, which ones really stood out and which ones we thought deserved some recognition for 2021. And that could be AAA games or indie games. It's a little mix of all of them just to kind of make it fun and keep it, you know, inclusive for everyone, all game designers, all games out there. They're all treated equal here at GlitchCube. <laughs> hmm. So 2021 is was an interesting year, I would say. Like, we had a lot of games that got delayed in 2020, got pushed back. There's still some delays that are happening. But regardless of all the issues that were coming up with the studios having their own personal troubles, uh, we got some really fun stuff out there. We got some really great games. So why don't we kick it off with our first title that we want to talk about? And we've talked about it before a lot. <laughs> we actually had an entire episode on this game, but it really deserves the recognition and it deserves to be talked about more and more by everybody. Uh, that is, of course, Eastward. Oh, man. Like, what can we say that we haven't already said about Eastward, right? Mm -hmm. like, this game is fantastic. It was great from the art design, from the music, from the vibe, the writing, everything about this just drew my eye instantly from the first trailer I saw. And then when I played through it, it was one of the first games in a long time that I wanted to sit down and see this ending. Like I needed to see the ending and where the story goes. And man, I was so happy to do that. I was, I was so happy to see the ending of this thing. Gosh, I just, yeah, <laughs> I love this game so much. It's definitely probably in the top tier of like my favorite games of all time now, in my opinion. Damn. Uh, what's what's your what's your take on this? I know we talked about it a lot, but maybe for the people who haven't listened to that episode, how do you feel about Eastward? I really enjoyed it. I I was excited for it the moment I saw it in one of those uh, Nintendo Directs. And I was like, oh, my God, it's beautiful. I, I just need to play it. And when it came out, it was I don't like to buy games day one or, you know, pre-order things. But this was one of the few exceptions I made. And I'm kind of glad I did because it it felt good getting a game that was like pretty much complete. Like, I think they had one patch after to. I think fix something with the cookie. Oh no, it was uh, for, for uh, fast travel. Mm. And that was really it. And there hasn't really been, from what I noticed, like any other like patches or anything for it. So it was nice getting a game that just worked out of the box. And I honestly, I liked the story in the beginning, but the everything else about it is what made me keep playing kept me playing like the exploration the combat even though it's really basic combat it just felt good it felt like kind of like when i played bastion mm -hmm. or yeah uh 
kind of like CrossCode where the combat really made me want to play more of the game. And then as the story kind of expanded, I was like, oh my God, this is, this is actually good. You know, it, it kind of surprised me and it, it went on longer than I thought it did. Like I thought it would end. I thought it would be maybe like a, a six hour game, but it, it went on a lot longer than that. And I really, I really enjoyed it. Like it's definitely for indie games this year, it's definitely up there for me. And I mean, there was surprisingly a lot of good indie games that came out this year, mm-hmm. but this was one of the few that really, really stood out among them because it took that classic feel of like Super Nintendo games with the action and blended in a story and beautiful visuals. And it makes me want to see more games with that amount of work and like the pixel art. like it's it's beautiful you know it it almost doesn't really seem like pixels you know it's it's interesting but the game really it it lived up to the expectations i had and that honestly is kind of rare with a lot of games these days for me so i usually get disappointed by something in it or i'm like not blown away but overall i really liked it and i i hope to see Maybe not a sequel to it, but whatever that team does on in their future projects, I'm like excited to see what they do. Yeah, I, I'm excited to see what games come out of this as far as like what or that are inspired by this game. Right. Like this definitely feels like a title that's going to inspire other game designers to kind of push the genre a little bit. Because this is just an action, you know, it's like a, it's a pixel 2D action game, right? It's not like that's, we've seen so many of those, but they just Mm -hmm. did it in such an interesting, innovative way. And they were able to express so much emotion and everything through the story, despite having very limited graphics. So it's pretty amazing what they were able to accomplish. So I'm, I'm actually really excited to see like what games are inspired by this in the future. Right. And the music slaps too. Oh my gosh, that music, that soundtrack. Holy crap. <laughs> and there's like 70 tracks <laughs> in this thing. It's it's huge. And every single one of them is fantastic. Ah, great game. Great game. Definitely check that one out. But before we move on to our next big game for this year, uh, we wanted to bring up a couple, you know, uh, I guess honorable mentions in between the bigger titles. Um, and I guess I'll start with my first little honorable mention for this year, and that would be Turnip Boy Commits Tax Evasion. This game is great. It's super fun. It's super cute, super adorable. Another pixel game, you know. Um, but the thing that really caught my eye when uh, checking this game out was actually the writing. The writing is fantastic. It's super funny, super lighthearted. So if you're looking for a game that's just very... I guess um, non-invasive or just easy to get into something just to not stress out about. This is definitely a game to check out and just enjoy the graphics and just have fun with how over the, over the top it all is. It's great. I mean, it also it says it in the name. Like what kind with that kind of a title, you have to expect something adorable and fun, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it's definitely a fun one. What about you? What's your honorable little mention here? Ooh, um, well. Since all three are pretty short, I'll kind of blend them all together real quick. And they're all accessible on Game Pass, so it's even easier for you guys to try this. But uh, Game Pass? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, First off, I want to talk a little about unpacking. 
I it's a very simple game. You're just undoing boxes and putting your stuff on shelves and around the house. But mm-hmm. something that really surprised me about this game is how they were able to tell a story with almost no dialogue, nothing. Mm-hmm. But you understood what was going on with your character's life as they, you know, grew up from a kid to an adult. And I thought it was awesome how they did it you know from the little details of like pictures on the wall to the objects you're unpacking it's like wow this game is a little bit deeper than i thought even though it's a very casual game and Mm -hmm. if any of you are stressed out and need just some relaxation it's the perfect game unless unpacking stuff makes you nervous but (laughs) it was a fun time and then another one that's really quick was uh rain on your parade mm. it yeah. it's a very simple premise it kind of reminds me of like donut county in a sense where you know you're messing with the environment but you're a, a little rain cloud who has to you know rain on certain things or create like little hurricanes or use lightning to kind of progress in the stages and there's a lot of little side stuff you can do but it was it was a fun little time you know it was enjoyable and simple and then leads into my last one mm-hmm. which surprised me because i didn't think i was gonna enjoy it but it's it was fun but the artful escape was really cool yeah uh, i definitely want to check that one out i'm still like on the fence with that one but maybe it, you could sell it to me now the visuals are really great it i love the psychedelic theme to it like hidden underneath the you know folk hero like your character is basically living in the shadow of a family member mm. and you know he was a folk musician but you get in your mind you want to be like a rock musician so you're like traveling the galaxy to get inspiration of being like the best you know rock and roll musician and it was kind of cool seeing your character evolve from wanting not being in the shadow of someone else, but finding your own success within yourself Hmm. and seeing that kind of evolution in your character was really cool, but uh, it's a very simple game. You know, you're running from left to right for most of it. There aren't really any puzzles. It's more so like Simon says for the boss battles, like you're hitting the same button light that they're pressing. Mm -hmm. And it's a really simple game, but it was a cute story. And I mean, Annapurna usually comes out with good stuff. And I mean, for this year, I thought it was a really cute title, nice. you know, especially if you have Game Pass, you know, it's it's worth checking out. Nice. Yeah, I, I might have to pick that one up for sure. I, that, I didn't know the story was as deep as you brought it up to be. I was surprised so. by that, too, because I was like, oh, he's just whiny and stuff. But once you get like a little bit further in and you start seeing like kind of things get explained to you, it's. I was like, wow, this is kind of inspirational. That was cool. Nice. All right. Well, I think it's time for our next big game of the year. The one that, or our second installment, or second game uh, for maybe our big three, I guess we can start calling it, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So we got Psychonauts 2. Now, this is a game that we have been waiting for, right? Like, Psychonauts was amazing. And, I mean, this game almost didn't get made. But thank you to crowdfunding and fan support and fan love out there that really made this game happen because holy crap, 
this game is fantastic. Like, it really stuck true to its roots, right? Like, usually with a game, especially with, like, how far apart these two games are, like, you would expect it to lose some of that charm or they were trying to change things a little too much to be more modern, but they didn't. They kept the charm. They kept it, like, all of it. The writing is just so clever. The Like, the voice acting is impeccable in my opinion probably the best voice acting i've seen in the game in a long time and it's just it's fun the gameplay is great the story is deep and just really interesting gosh great great title <laughs> super super fun and there's a little connected powers like it's so much fun to just even see like there's a power where you can like look at someone's subconscious and you can like you see the image of yourself or like what you look like to them mm-hmm. and it was just so much fun to like go into people's minds and see that <laughs> <laughs> be like oh i'm just a baby to you right or like i'm a squirrel <laughs> or you're like i'm nothing or i'm bacon for one person right like, you have a bacon all over the screen <laughs> <laughs> but it's just super great like it's like i can't say enough good things about this title i think it really is like a perfect title i would say in my opinion i think so I, it's before i i almost didn't play it because I liked the original Psychonauts. I never like fully finished it, but I remember getting really far in it and then I lost my disc. But playing this, I was looking at it before and I'm like, eh, it, it just seems like it's going to be Ratchet and Clank all over again. And I really enjoyed Ratchet and Clank. But this game really, to me, I feel like it's better than Ratchet and Clank. It while that game was really fast paced and fun and really action forward, Mm -hmm. this, it captures that old platformer feel, right? Like the early Xbox, the PS2 era platforming and just breathes life into it. Right. It brings it into a modern setting. Like you still have your little collectibles you can get and you know very interesting ways of doing platforming because 3d platformers can be like sometimes really annoying (laughs) yeah (laughs) but i i'm really enjoying this game like i think i want to say maybe i'm halfway through it right now but Mm -hmm. just from what i've played it's definitely one of my favorite games this year um yeah the story is good like the like the main story is like okay it's it's there but it's the character development and learning more about these characters that you're around it's crazy like it really mm-hmm. touches on some deep subjects and it gives you like the trigger warning before you play the game like hey like this game is going to talk about certain like mental problems and you know mm-hmm. how we deal with it but in a comedic way and it's it's you see it though like in the game like you do come into situations and you're like oh wow like they're talking about this in the game like it's crazy and the way it looks like it looks like a children's game still but it has those dark undertones to it and it's just it's fun like the the special powers you get are cool like you said you can go in like someone's subconscious or you have these things called mental connections where you have to they have like thought bubbles, right? So like there was a part where, you know, with cilantro, like the first stage you get it and it's connected to disgusting. But if you jump in the cilantro cloud and then go to excited, 
right. they'll be really excited about it and they change their opinion. Like I thought that was really cool how they did that. Even though it's like not really like an innovative power, like we've seen like jumping to rails and stuff in other games. I thought it was such a imaginative way of doing that. And it's you know, I haven't gotten annoyed with the collectathon part of it yet. Cause I mean it is optional. You don't need to do it. Mm-hmm. You just get your powers a lot sooner when you do it. But I'm I'm loving it. Like it's it it's definitely one of the games that have surprised me this year. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't really happen too often. Like I think the last well, this also happened last week, but uh and I'll just be really quick about this was guardians in the galaxy really surprised me too mm-hmm. but would i consider it like one of my favorite games this year no but it definitely was a good game but jumping from that excitement of that game being good and going into this it's just like it's awesome like i i i'm sitting here like damn i really want to go back and actually play it you know it's that same feeling i got when i played eastward i'm like i really want to go back Right. You know, so right. it's I'm excited. Like I'm excited to see like how the story goes, and I I'm really in love with it. It's crazy. Yeah, I, I think that Psychonauts really did. Like you mentioned too, with like the trigger warnings and stuff like that, and how it deals with different things like mental illness. I think that's what excited me the most about this title because it did exactly what inspired me when I was going to school. Like, I realized that games could be much more. They can help with these things. They can help with depression. They can help with PTSD, with all that. And Psychonauts did that. It showed that in a very comedic, lighthearted way to kind of familiarize you with it and just make you understand it better. Instead of it just, like, you know, being so stark and serious and dark, which it could be, right? These topics are really hard to deal with. Mm -hmm. But it did it in a very lighthearted way, which just made it more meaningful and I would say more impactful, right? And it it still kept the original it still kept the charm of the game, right? It just yeah, it was great. The layers that they were able to put on there is just fantastic. Ah, Great game. Great game. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely probably one of the best games of the year for sure. All right, so I got another little honorable mention game, just a a really quick one. Uh, maybe I'll loop or combine a couple of these together. But the first one I want to talk about is Inscription. Mm. Now, as you guys know, if you've listened to any one of these episodes, I love card games, <laughs> and this one is a great card game, and it is such a disturbing story like the art style is fantastic but like basically you're like kidnapped by a serial killer you're stuck in this cabin and it becomes like an escape room roguelike card game deck builder all looped into one which is just great um but they did actually just release a new mod not too long ago it's a mod that actually got um attached to the game itself it's called casey's mod where it just makes it a true roguelike and it's really really fun uh really great to play through it just show, it makes the cards and all the um the combinations all the potential things you can do just really shine that much further and it's 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 great i mean it's one of those games that like i don't know like slay the spire was fantastic in its own right but i feel like this is taking it to a new level as far as like deck builder roguelike card games this is something different something innovative 
um, something with some like, you know, clever writing, like even the cards will like talk to you. They have like broken stuff. There's a bunch of Easter eggs in this. So throughout the year, a lot of people have been posting a lot of really fun videos of things that they found while playing. And it's just really cool to see that amount of exploration in a game, especially when it's just a deck building card game. Right. And to see people that excited to want to continue to play it, to find all of these weird little quirky things that are hidden in the game. It's just awesome. Really, really great. Uh, but another one, it's another small game that really caught my eye this year. It's just really, really fun. But I feel like people should check it out is Skull the Hero Slayer. Now, this game's awesome. It's another roguelike game. Uh, so it's an action roguelike game, you know, 2D pixels. Uh, you got your side scrolling stuff. So it's really cool. Um, really, it gets really hard. But the interesting, innovative thing that this game did that really drew my eye is that the powers that you get um, is what you're doing is you're actually changing your head, right? So you're a little skeleton boy running around the map. And whenever you change out your head, you pick, you put on the head of a new hero and then you get their powers. And the amount of powers and the amount of abilities that they put into this game is actually pretty amazing. They put a lot into this. And it's just really fun to kind of just mess around with that, see what skulls work best for your kind of gameplay. But the thing is, too, you have to remember, it is all random. So if you find a skull you like, you might not get it for a lot of runs. So that was the only thing that I was a little like, ah, oh, man, I really wish I could just get this one again. Right. So that's why it's not one of the mm. big games, but it's definitely one to check out. And it's a lot of fun. It looks fun. Yeah. You find yourself staring down the mouth of a dark cave, hearing the low rumble of something large inside. This is it. Everything you have been fighting for lies just within this cave. <laughs> hey man, what's the matter? This is your big ending fight scene. Yeah, sorry about that. I've just been so tired today. Feels like I've been hit with like two points of exhaustion. Ugh. You know what? I have just this thing to get you back into the adventuring spirit. Really? Of course. I have a delicious roast from Geek Grind Coffee. Huh. That sounds pretty cool. What kind of brews do they have? They have blends like Dragon's Roast, Dwarven Dawn, Wizard's Mist, and so much more. They have even one celebrating Jim Hansen's The Labyrinth, The Goblin King's Elixir. Whoa, those sound awesome. I'm waking up just hearing about them. Is there an easy way for me to pick up some? I got you. For the fans of our show, if you visit geekgrindcoffee.com right now and enter the promo code GLITCH at the checkout, you will get 20% off your order. Whoa, that's great. So you're saying if I go to geekgrindcoffee.com right now and enter the promo code GLITCH at checkout, I'll get 20% off my order? That's amazing. That's right, yo. <laughs> All right, I'm ready for this adventure. Bring it on. Hey, that's a natural 20. Just like the discount you can get when entering the promo code GLITCH at geekgrindcoffee.com. Level up your morning with Geek Grind Coffee. Which, you got any little games real quick before we move on to our big number three? Yeah, I'll, uh... I'll do some little quick talking about, and I think they're considered AAA games, but 
uh, for me, near replicant was great. Mm, yeah. Um, feel like I don't really need to talk too much about it just because so many people know about it already. But I I, that came out this year. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean the original near came out years ago, but like that version, yeah, that was. Gosh, it feels like so year. much happened this year. It's nuts to think about. <laughs> it is crazy. Uh, another one was. It takes two. I know they won the game awards game of the year and stuff like that. But as someone who actually played it with someone, it's. Well, I guess you kind of have to play with somebody, but it's <laughs> it does take it's, two, right? No. <laughs> it really is a good game, though. Like, I mean, it addresses a serious topic mm-hmm. and the the puzzles you do together are so ingenious and they just flow and work. And it's, I was surprised. And the game was a lot longer than I thought it was going to be. Because the game, once you reach a few stages in, you're like, oh, well, this is it. This is where I'm, that's it. You know, because I remember A Way Out, his previous game being kind of short. And I thought, oh, well, that that was kind of a bummer. Like, I want to play more of it. And Mm -hmm. then it just opens up a lot more. And there's really interesting kind of, ways they tie in the real world you know issues of their marriage into some of these puzzles and decisions and for anybody out there that's played it that elephant scene is just it's it's still burned into my mind and it's you know fun up basically (laughs) like it's I, i was so surprised when that scene happened and it like when we were both playing it we're like oh my god like we don't want to do this. Like we don't want to go through with what we have to do, but then you, you know, you're forced to do it, but it's just like, God, I still feel evil for it. But, uh, the game was really enjoyable. You know, it's, it feels good to play not only a co-op game. That's fun, but it being really good at the same time. Like it, it deserved that award, Mm -hmm. the game award ceremony. Like it was, just fantastic like i loved it and it's it's definitely up there for one of my favorite games this year as well like it it deserves the awards uh and then lastly another small one that i just beat through was the gunk oh yeah that looks awesome Uh, it was it was really fun it really it reminded me kind of like luigi's mansion mixed with you know the scanning, I'm trying to think of games where you scan a lot. I mean, like No Man's Sky or Journey to a Savage Planet where you're just scanning a bunch of stuff. Yeah. But it was it was good. It really, it was interesting because you think about it and it's kind of a play on, you know, climate change here and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the the aliens basically, well, you crash land on this planet, right? You're or not crash, but you're trying to find resources because you want to make money. Mm-hmm. And you realize this planet's been eaten away by some gunk. So you go around clearing it, and when you do that, you kind of rejuvenate that planet. But you start to find out that, you know, this gunk wasn't native to the planet, and, you know, people thought that through technology and all this kind of stuff, the world would be better, but it ends up, you know, without spoiling anything, you know, the gunk's there. Mm-hmm. So it it was really fun. You know, it's, for most of the game, it's pretty casual and relaxing. But I really enjoyed it. I, I thought it was a good time. You know, a game that's under 10 hours, like it's 
it's fun. And if you have Game Pass, it's on there. I say check it out. You know, it's, it's a very pretty game. Nice. And actually, before, because I want to end on a high note, I think that would be a good idea. So before we get into our final game, our final big game for this year, I do want to throw out another couple of games out there that really stood out to me that I thought were just fantastic. Um, one of them is actually still early access. So technically not this year full release, but definitely something to kind of keep an eye out for. Um, but the first one I want to talk about is Loop Hero. Loop Hero is fantastic. Mm. Uh, it's just a very small, simple, easy game to get into where you're just a hero walking around on a uh, procedurally generated loop. And every like, time you beat an enemy, you either get a tile card or a piece of equipment. The tile cards you can put down for different resources or different effects, like you know, putting different monsters in your way. And you continue on this loop on the same road, but what you're doing is you're changing the effects of the road by adding in these you know, more monsters, vampire mansions, treasure chests, quests, things like that. And you're just trying to rebuild your camp back home because there's a big, you know, catastrophic event and you're trying to solve that issue. I won't get into it too much because it is a really fun, small title to pick up. Um, it actually is on Switch now too. So if you want something casual on the go, I would definitely recommend that. And then the one that is technically still early access, but I think everyone should really keep their eyes out for this one when it gets a full release. Um, that is going to be the last spell. Holy crap. So far, the footage from it, like people have been playing this game for about a year now already, but the footage is just getting better and better and better. Every time I look back at this game, it just, I want it so bad. It's <laughs> its city building, it's tactics, it is inventory management, it's RPG, it's all of that. And it's the tactics battles are against like hundreds of enemies, so it's like massive hordes, and you're protecting your city while I'm building it up at the same time. It's just... It's great. Definitely one to keep an eye out. It's on Steam right now, but it's early access still. And I'm really excited to see what comes of it in the near future. It's going to be good. All right. I think it's time for us to hop into our big game. What do you think? Sure. Let's do it. All right. So this is the final big three game for us. So we've talked about Eastward. We've talked about Psychonauts. But what was another iconic game of 2021? I would have to say that is Resident Evil Village. Now, Resident Evil games have always been really fun to play. Well, not always. We have had, we had a little spell there where they went a little too much, you know, last action hero and kind of lost the whole point, lost the plot behind Resident Evil. But with the resurrection of Resident Evil 7, uh, that really boosted the, this, you know, franchise back up again. And Resident Evil 8 or Resident Evil Village really kept that torch like lit and ran with it, right? It it brings back a lot of the classic fun action tropes from the original and what made them exciting. And it still had the good like horror aspects, the good storytelling from Resident Evil 7. So it was able to combine those two worlds and just make a really, really enjoyable experience with really iconic characters, iconic boss fights, like really over the top boss fights at times. You know, fighting a giant, you know, monst metal monster while you're in a tank that just happened to show up. You know, that's whatever. Hmm. It is what it is. <laughs> but they are really, really fun. It's a really great title. It looks amazing. It plays really well. It just it has that whole, you know, like collect-a-thon style that you 
grown to love over Resident Evil, where you're just looking for gems and random treasures and crap like that, while having the, the good bit of horror and like the good guns, like just everything about it was just really fun. And I gotta say, this merchant is pretty good, you know? Like, it's not gonna beat the Resident Evil 4, you know, what are you buying, right? Like, that's the classic, iconic merchant, but this guy does a great job, and you just wanna know his story and who the hell he is, because the Duke, he, he for me, he stole the show, in my opinion. But it is a great, great title for Resident Evil. Yeah, I'm still working through seven. I eight's been one that's been on my radar for a minute. Um, but from the little bit, because I I did start it up because I was like, oh, I'll skip seven and I'll jump into it. But I haven't gone that far. But just everything about it, like it's it really does seem to capture that feeling of the old school ones, where the exploration and more of the, like the the scary side. Mm-hmm of things but it does capture the fun action parts of you know five and you know six but it's it's a good mix yeah and that's something that you know i that's why i really want to finish seven first i'm like i really want to understand this the backstory to eight because i heard like how connected they are yeah it's basically a direct sequel to seven yeah so as far as story-wise it goes it's just I don't know, everything about it, like the aesthetic of it too, is what I really like. Like, I love that kind of like place that you're at. Yeah. And just the the bosses and stuff are just really cool looking too. Yeah. The character design is great. I mean, and honestly, the level design is fantastic. It, it's like, you remember the original mansion or the police station, right? Like, that that's such an iconic area because it, you're exploring this whole thing throughout the game and things are looping back on each other and like certain things are unlocking at different times like the whole village feels that way it feels like that classic really interesting like puzzly level design and it's done on a bigger scale this time so it's been it's a really fun one to play through and they have some different tropes in there too which is really cool like I would say, for instance, the second boss, I believe, or maybe yeah, the second boss you play through, the it goes back to more of like it reminds me of like PT almost, uh, be- huh. because you lose your weapons. So now you're going through this house, this whole stage with no weapons, and so it's just a big horror game, and you have the stealthier way through it. And you know, luckily, it's a short part. Because I, I could see how that could take people out of the game, especially whenever you're given so many interesting weapons and you're being taught to fight back the whole time. And then now you have to kind of like sneak out of it. This is it was really clever, though, to put it in just like a different style of horror, which is really cool. And the tying into like different folk to- or folk tales and like the story book idea is just really, really great. It's just fantastic title through and through. Really, really fun. Really happy to see Resident Evil back to what it was, you know? Because like I said, 5 and 6 were a little... Eh. <laughs> they definitely missed the mark a little bit, but it's it's nice to see that. Even if we are seeing the characters from those games again, they did them a little bit more justice in these titles now. I think that's good, yeah? Yeah, I'll bring up my one-off, I guess, real quick, too. Okay. Just to add a few minutes. Yeah, yeah, go for it. And uh, I think because... So last year, I had this 
game challenge, right? Because it was 2020. I tried to beat 40 games in the year, and I think I think I hit 39, or it did hit 40. I thought you I did the remember. full 40. Yeah. I, you yeah, that. you're right. It was the last minute I did it. Uh, this year, I didn't really have a game challenge. I was like, oh, well, I'll just try and actually play some of the bigger titles that I've missed out on over the years. And I was able to hit 38 nice. this year. Uh, and because a lot of these games were didn't come out this year, I figured, oh, well, why not just make like a little half episode yeah. on games I've beaten this year? So hopefully soon, I need to work on it a little bit more. I've gotten some of it written down, but uh, keep an eye out for like one of the 0.5 episodes that we do sometimes. And I will go over the top 10 that I've played this year. And it's going to vary from different decades and different styles of games. And I'll go into a little detail of them without spoiling anything and my thoughts and what they could do even better or, you know, just different things. Because some of the games I played this year weren't the best, but I would still talk about them because I feel like even the not so great games can bring something innovative out of them. Yeah. Agreed. A hundred percent. All right. So that's going to do it for us with our look back at some of the games from 2021. These are just some of the games that really stood out to us this year. And we're excited for the new year. We're excited for 2022 because guess what? That's a whole another year, new year of games, new year of exciting content coming out and a whole new year for us. We're continuing this going on. This is our second end of the year episode and we're still going strong you guys and we can't wait to see what amazing thing comes out of this show and what how much more we can help grow this community I, i'm just blown away constantly by the amount of people that we've met through this show the amount of other podcasts that have approached us that we are now in contact with and now i would consider them you know friends friends of the show friends of us right like it's really, really amazing to see the community that is being built up around this. And thank you all so much for your support throughout the years. I, It's just, it's been amazing. And like, we wouldn't be doing this without you guys, honestly, you know, like this has been mm -hmm. so much fun and we just trust us. We're not going anywhere. We're staying strong <laughs> and we are going to keep plugging away. We're going to keep, you know, playing these games, keep making content and hopefully be making even more content and across different media forms for you guys to enjoy, to absorb, to have fun with, and just join us along in this little adventure of ours through video games. It's just been a blast. So thank you all so much for joining in. And one last little quick shout out to probably the real star of 2021. That has to be Xbox Game Pass, you guys. We're not sponsored by them, but we can be if you want, <laughs> Xbox. <laughs> but Xbox Game Pass really, really killed it this year with the amount of great titles that they gave out to you all for free. And the fact that you could play some of these games on your iPad, on your phone, you know, like it was crazy. I was playing Dragon Quest VIII on my iPhone at work. <laughs> like, that's just insane. It had full touch controls. How crazy is that? But anyway, thank you guys so much for listening to. Oh, oh yeah. One last thing. Uh, January, we're going to be doing our Joystick January. Oh, yes. That's uh, right. Hashtag event. And this year it's going to be more, I guess, centered instead of like tons of different you know subjects for each day mm -hmm. 
and we'll post this on Instagram and Twitter, and it's going to be games that meant a lot to us, good and bad, and we want to just highlight what games really meant a lot to us, so expect daily content Mm -hmm. on our uh, social medias. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun with it last year, and it's going to be great, and thank you guys so much for the people who actually participated last year as well, and we hope to... Yeah, feel free to join in, too. 100%. So, Make sure to follow our socials so that you can keep up to that, up to date with everything. It's going to be much like a lot of those challenges lists, you know, they're very like catered, like today is this, today is that. We're going to try and simplify it a little bit for everybody to just kind of enjoy and make it a lot easier for everyone to join in on the fun of Joystick January. So make sure to follow our socials for that one. And who knows, I might be doing another drawing challenge for January as well. Let's see if I have the time for it because last year was really hard, but it was a lot of fun doing it, but we'll see what happens. But yeah, it's with that, I think that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you guys so, so much for listening. Thank you for all the love and support. We really, really, really do appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll talk to you all next week. All right. uh, Bye. Bye.